Welcome to this episode of The Allied Show. I am joined by Claire and Danielle from MediRecruit. Hi. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having us. Hey, Chris. Thanks for being here. Um, We've got a lot of really cool stuff to talk about, mainly um, recruitment and healthcare. It's um, a very uh, widely talked about topic at the moment um, in the industry as a whole of attracting talent, finding a job, all of those types of things. Um, So I thought where best to go than talk to you two. We'll... um, Let's start by, if you want to give me a brief background into MediRecruit, um, how it started and, and how you ended up um, here today. Sure, sure. So MediRecruit is celebrating its 21st anniversary this year, which is uh, fantastic. Awesome. Um, the business started back in 2001 Um, I'm an OT by background, studied at the University of Queensland and I worked at Royal Brisbane Hospital for two years and then headed over to the UK to do the whole working holiday thing. Um, And then on my return, I uh, had this idea to that I saw this need for a specialist allied health recruitment company. Um, there was a huge, huge demand for OTs, physios, speeches to work over in the UK. Um, I also, I also wanted to continue working as a clinical OT, and I um, secured a part-time role at uh, Glen Leaden School, which is a school for um, children with speech language disorder um, in Brisbane. So that actually um, was that's what really started Medi Recruit because I was working part-time, school hours, school to, school terms, and this gave me all this other time um, to, to establish MediRecruit. So um, we started, um, I started sending um, OTs, physios, speeches, podiatrists over to work in the UK, um, and it was at that time that I crossed paths with Danielle. Yeah, I can give you my background too, if yeah, you like. Go for it. So I'm obviously co-director at MediRecruit, working with Claire. I'm a physio by background. I went through a uni down here in Melbourne at the University of Melbourne and graduated in 1999, a long time ago. I worked at the Royal Melbourne Hospital as a grad and then I headed to the UK like lots of therapists were doing at the time and are doing now especially post-COVID, heading back to the UK again. Um, So I worked as a locum in the UK for two years um, in a lot of a variety of settings and um, ended up falling into allied health recruitment in the UK in the locum space. Uh, So I was at the other end of Claire sending therapists to work in the UK. Um, So we worked that way for four years and then I headed back to Melbourne in 2006 and, um, and we joined forces down here in Melbourne. As fate would have it, just as Danielle came back to Melbourne, I moved from Brisbane to Melbourne and that's where we joined forces and what we were seeing at that time was uh, we'd established really good relationships and and friendships with um, so many therapists that had gone to the UK to work. They all started coming back to Australia and were getting in touch and saying, you know, what what next, What, what can I do, you know, what should I do with my career in you know, in OT and therapy, um, and that's when we started um, domestic recruitment. Um, and a huge part of our business is offering career advice to therapists, you know, right across their career 
in particular at that sort of early, um, well, now it's sort of student, grad and early career level. Um, but that's where we really, I guess, that's where the foundations of MediRecruit in Australia started back then. Yeah. And do you think that's really important to have that conversation early on while still at student level? Um, mainly because in talking to a couple of physio groups recently, we were looking at the the rate of um, professionals leaving their profession, you know, whether it wasn't the right fit for them or whether they they took the wrong career path. So, you know, I imagine looking at it early and making sure you do make that right decision um, early on as a student. Absolutely. I, I think one of the things with... Um therapy in particular is definitely when I went through uni, a, a, a career wasn't necessarily mapped out for me. I didn't really, I know that OT is very, very broad, but I wasn't entirely across all the options that, that are out there for OTs. And there are, there's a huge variety of roles. And especially now, I mean, we're talking about back then, it was sort of 2005-ish. Now in you know, now there's a huge amount of opportunities across a wide variety of areas and disciplines that you can work in as a therapist. And it's really important, especially in your, you know, in your junior years, um, to, to explore all your options and make just some decisions on which directions you want to go in so you can find the best fit for you. Mm, what do you think, Dan? I completely agree. I mean, from a physio perspective, like you just mentioned, I, I look at you know, people that I went through uni with and we've ended up in so many different areas where some are in research, some are in health education, some of them are running their own businesses. Um, so, but I don't think we knew we would end up here that, that many years ago. So I think speaking to grads now, it's so um, great to be, majority of grads are keen to get a couple of years of clinical experience under their belt. So there's options within, a lot of options within clinical specialties, but for them to know, you know, for an OT grad to know that in a couple of years' time they can consider working in return to work or occupational rehab or they might go and do a working holiday visa in the UK or they might like getting into assistive technology or an area that they hadn't thought of before. Um, and speeches as well, there's so much opportunity in the assistive technology space. Um, I just think for therapists, uh, we go through uni and we're so vocationally specific about our qualification and what we're going to work as that there are so many transferable skills you can take into other sectors as well. Yeah, I, I was as like as an example of that. I went to visit the team at Vold, um, which are more of like a, a physio based, you know, their measurement of exercise and performance and a whole range of things. Um, and they're built up of a lot of health professionals that are working there, and they're a tech startup. So you know, there's a, a whole range of different areas now where the traditional model of I'm going to study physiotherapy, I'm going to end up, you know, in a physiotherapy clinic treating patients, you know, that might not be the normal path anymore. Yeah. There's so many different variations that you can look at. Mm. And I think one thing that's really changed in the last five years, Chris, is that there's huge demand for therapists now. So this has come about, you know, from our ageing population and increased demand for therapy in aged care and also the huge explosion of the NDIS. So, you know, I go back to, you know, when I came back from the UK and was working a part-time paediatric role, I really wanted to move into paediatrics and I could only find, a, there was a, a few options, only a few, and they were all part-time. Now therapists have 
so many options out there. They're in such high demand that you don't necessarily, you're not, you, you're not being, your career is not being directed by availability of roles. It's, it's, you've got the choice now mm. as to which direction you want to, you want to head in. Mm. So Dan, do you think that's like the part of the recruitment landscape at the moment in Australia is that there's a lot of choice? There's, well, we've been in business for 20 years or in the industry for 20 years and there's never been a better time to be a therapy grad in terms of choice, in terms of um, in terms of working out what you want as a grad uh, in your first role, what, you know, seeking out those roles that are going to give you really good supervision and support. Um, companies are more and more tailoring, um, tailoring their training and what they can offer to therapists um, because they're in such high demand. You know, salaries are, salaries have bumped up so significantly in the last, you know, four years, five years, we used to see grads, you know, grad OTs graduating and having to work in retail roles for, you know, 18 months before they could find their first role. But therapists are in huge, absolutely huge demand. Yeah, right. Like that. And that's got to be super exciting to kind of see another um, phase of the industry um, and how how placements work. And um, I mean, what are you, what are you doing? A lot of locum, like what are your or recruiting directly for um, practices, aged care, like where are you all over the place? Where are you at the moment? So we recruit um, into perm roles, into temp roles. Uh, so yes, locum, um, short-term contracts and perm. But in terms of sectors, um, it's broad, but community therapy, aged care, OC rehab, injury management, private practice, across peds and adults um, and assistive technology and healthcare device sales is really big as well. Um, and then obviously we've got our, um, we've got a, we work with a company in the UK that we send any locums that want to head over there. So if they want to go and do their working holiday stint, but yeah, a, a variety of health sectors. Yeah. What, so are we still sending, is everyone still going to the UK? What's the What's happening there? This is Claire's. This is Claire's. Claire's niche. Go, Claire. They haven't been for the last two years. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Um, but they are starting now. We're getting a lot more inquiries now, and people are starting to head. People have got the confidence now to head back over to the UK. Mm. And of course, the UK is crying out for um, for Aussie and Kiwi yeah. trained. That was my next question. Like, what's what's the demand like? Is it they're just they're crying out for it? Yeah, huge, yeah. huge. As always, huge. Yeah. 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 Um, do you think, you know, there's is there like a bigger opportunity now for people to head to the UK? Or is it, you know, very similar to what it has been previously? Look, I think the NHS is um definitely in a state of COVID shock, like all health systems around the world. So um there is, I mean, traditionally there has been um really high demand for Australian-trained therapists to work locum roles in the UK. So I would say that the demand is as, as you know, as high as it's, as it's as high as it's been in the past, if not higher at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I would also say that we're seeing, you know, therapists exactly right, um, Claire, having the confidence now to say, right, I can make travel plans and, you know, vaccination rates across the UK and Australia up and all the rest of it. But um, there's also a backlog of therapists that might have gone two years ago that are now saying, hey, I want to go now, you know, within mm. those first five years post-graduation. Um, so, but, yes, absolutely, there's, there's so many roles that um, it's a great opportunity to head over there and earn, pound, earn the pound and yeah. travel and, yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's that's probably one of the having that opportunity to travel again. Um, being in the UK, you can literally shoot anywhere. Um, it's such a, a great spot to to kind of centralize yourself, and then you can kind of you know go anywhere um, yeah. from there. So, um, looking at candidates um, and you know health professionals looking to to make a change or put themselves out into the market, um, what what do they need to do to stand out at the moment? I think probably the better question, Chris, is what do employers need to do to stand out to therapists? Yeah, absolutely. That's really that's the really the state of play at the moment. Yeah. Our advice to therapists is there's we've seen a marked increase in remuneration over the last two years in particular over the last six months Mm. uh, packages are really coming up Um, and it's easy to get caught up in the money so our our key advice to to therapists is um, look primarily look for training support supervision and connectedness with so many community-based NDIS roles on offer, um, they're, they're quite generally quite autonomous roles. Um, you are working out in the community, um, often being connected to a team remotely, receiving supervision remotely. Mm. Um, and so we're seeing, especially with your junior therapists, you really want a position with an organisation or a private practice that's going to offer a lot of support, a lot of career development but also is going to be bringing you together with your team face-to-face and really balancing um, balancing that time where you're out in the community on your own but also coming together um, as a team face-to-face to get that support to, to, together because it's really important to be supported mm-hmm. um, socially and professionally and, you know, and have that connectedness to the team. Same for you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you're going to keep going, Claire? No, I wasn't. No. Oh. Um, in terms of standing out, yeah, absolutely. It's more about um, our employers at the moment trying to um, trying to put together the best supported offer for, for graduates. And we probably don't even need to just talk about graduates. You know, therapists three to five years out or five to ten years out, um, there's so many options um, that it's just really important to take a step back and not be rushed to make decisions into roles we're seeing we're seeing therapists being offered roles and given 24 hours to make a decision on it. But I really think it's, you know, we spend a lot of time and are really passionate about guiding early career therapists, you know, through it. But I think it's so important to take a step back and make a list of your top five, you know, non-negotiables in a role so that you can go into any interview or 10 interviews and you can really make your decision on what's your best next step. Mm. I like that, being able to to have those things set because really the you've got the opportunity to negotiate something really cool at the moment that is going to suit you and exactly what you want. Yeah. And I think traditionally in health, um, you know, you do, if you're going into a hospital setting, it's very structured in the pay rates and this, you know, you get very fairly in general, you get really good training. Um, it's all set up for that sort of thing. But now that it's the NDIS and aged care is largely privatized, um, I don't think therapists have ever before had the chance to recognise their commercial value either. So um, not not to get swept up in it, but to realise that, you know, there are things that you can negotiate on, including professional development allowances, including, you know, other other things that are financially um, beneficial to you that actually further your career also. Mm. 
And so do you work with the individual, like the health professional, the company, both? Where exactly do you sit? Yeah, absolutely. So we we work with both. So mm-hmm. we uh, offer we work individually with our therapists to find them the best role that's suited to them, and we're working with our clients to find them the best therapist that's suited to them. With the overall aim being longevity in the role for the therapist and a a, a successful long term fit, not a short term burnout experience where it just wasn't a, it just wasn't a match the most important thing is a, is a match both ways and our, and our advice to um, therapists going into an interview is that an interview is an it's a two it's a two-way interview these days it's uh, the the clients interviewing the therapist to see if they're a match for the organization and the therapist needs to be interviewing a client to make sure that they're a match for what they need what they need in the next step of their career. Yeah. And yeah. in terms of in terms of talking to therapists, um, absolutely, we talk to them about their, you know, their options, their clinical options, um, different companies, what sort of cultural fit, what the company's offering, all of that side of things. But I always, I always think about some, you know, we'll pull physio as an example because that's my background, but I always think about physios that I might have spoken to across a two, literally a two- or three-year period who have called me and, you know, called me initially and said, I'm not sure I want to sit clinically long-term now. What are my options? Talk to them about, you know, options across, you know, return to work, injury management, healthcare sales. And they'd be like, I'm not quite ready to make the move from clinical yet. So there are some therapists that we've worked with across, uh, you know, a year or two before we've even helped to find them a job they're aligned with. Saying that we've also helped therapists in their grad roles that come back to us in five years' time to say what's next type thing. So um, it is a longer it is. It, we really are a career and recruitment advisory service in the sh- in the longer term. Yeah, and that, I mean, that leads into my my last question for you both, anyway, which is exactly how can MediRecruit help at the moment? You know, from from both sides. Um, how I suppose, like, look at the benefits of of working with someone like yourselves. Yeah, in terms of in terms of therapists. It, it's it's really emphasizing that securing securing the next step in your career, whether it's your first role as a grad or your you know tenth role in, your, in later in your career, recruitment's about an information gathering process, and the more informed you are, the better, the more chance you've got of making the right decision, and 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 likewise, it's it's you know, working with our clients, we want them to have all the information that they need at hand about what's happening in the market at the moment and about individual therapists to ensure that it's, you know, they're recruiting the right staff for their organisation. We're seeing um, some therapists early in their career who have not made the best choice uh, in terms of their 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 first role out of uni. Um, and it's, it's through, you know, I mean, it's... It, it, it happens, um, but when you've got people going into the wrong role where they haven't been supported, where it hasn't been a right fit for them, burnout happens so quickly. And I've had therapists ring me saying, I want to get out of OT. Um, you know, I've got nine months of experience and I've had one role and I've, I'm, I'm done with it. I don't, I don't want to be in OT anymore. And we can't afford to lose OTs 
at nine months, <laughs> at the nine-month mark. We can't. We need them to be in OT now for, you know, for, for at least 20 years, such high demand. And it's it's working through the where, where did it go wrong and you've invested four years in study and a whole lot of money you, you know, it's let's let's try an, another option where you're really well supported in a role, um, in you know, in attempt to you know, in attempt to you know, bring them back to the, the profession, reinvigorate them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got a bit lost there in that that question, Chris. But no, the other thing I would say though, in terms of you know, working with Medi Recruit, whether you're a therapist or an employer, is it doesn't cost it doesn't cost anything. So to pick up the phone and have a conversation with you know, Claire or I, or we've got, you know, we've got Kate, who's a physio that works for us, Cass, who's a recruiter as well, that's a psychologist, and we've got um, a teacher that's about to start in a recruitment role with us also. So it doesn't actually hurt to pick up the phone and have an initial confidential conversation without sending your CV, without, you know, um, with, there's no commitment. So, um, so I just think it doesn't hurt to pick up the phone. And also from an employer's perspective, there, yes, there's a, there, there is a recruitment fee at some point, but not until somebody starts in a role with them. So I think for any market mapping, whether you're talking salaries or locations or where, where candidates are, what sort of, you know, candidates with certain experience or therapists with certain experience sit, I just think it doesn't hurt to pick up the phone. That's, yeah. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And sorry, Claire. That's okay. <laughs> I was literally just going to mention um, for students, so we kind of covered off on, um, professionals and um, companies looking to recruit for students. Um, maybe your podcast is a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. So we've we launched um, Allied Health podcast last year, and the first series is dedicated. There's I think there's 20, 22, episodes, 22, 22 episodes, and that that first series is 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 dedicated to to students, grads and early career th- therapists and discusses all things, all things recruitment. And there's a ton of advice in there about, um, you know, the best ways to manage the recruitment process and, and sec- secure the right job for the stage of your career that you're at. Yeah, we also interview a few, a few grads across um, speech, OT, uh, EP and physio. Um, so they're good interviews as well if you want to hear from anyone that's... Um, gone through what an early career therapist or grad is going through and then also OT Australia and APA um, and SPA, ESSA and Osteopathy Australia. We have interviews with them too. So um, for any therapists that want to become a member of them that aren't already, they they discuss the perks of working, you know, of joining their membership bodies also. Hmm. Yes, it's it's a really cool full scope of, you know, what is happening, especially for students and, you know, working through, from finishing to then looking at associations and you know, there's there's a lot. So I think like a great place to start would be to just go and, and listen to to all of those interviews. I think that's an awesome resource that you've created. Yeah. And season two is about to launch shortly. Oh, we've got a scoop. What's on season two? <laughs> What's happening so in season two? Season, season two we're going to explore career opportunities, yeah. sort of different avenues that you can take within, within Ally Health. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for spending some time today. Um, I haven't seen you face to face for a very long time. No, been, it's been um, a couple of years since Melbourne. The end of the country. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of value in there for everybody. So thank you both. Thanks for having us, Chris. Yeah, thanks heaps for having us. It was good to catch up. <laughs>